you know, I always encourage authors to think about publicity when they're writing the book or even before, maybe they're at the outline stage, um, but start to think about, you know, what are those media hooks and angles that I'm going to use? Because it's going to get here soon. Like you think, oh, promotion is way down that, that train track, but it comes fast. Welcome to the Life in Paradise podcast, the show about creating a life you never need a vacation from. You'll gain inspiration from those who have done it before as we share experiences, strategies, and offer practical steps you can take to live your dream life in paradise with your host, attorney turned alchemist, Dawn Fleming. This afternoon, I am with my dear friend, Marika Flat. She is a rock star book publicist that I was introduced to by Morgan James, my publisher, and uh, we've done some work together, and I'm thrilled that she's here. A little bit about her. She's a 2021 Outstanding Austin Communicator uh, and has been a leader in book publicity since 1997. She and her husband, Doug, founded PR by the Book in 2002, and Marika's a connector by nature, I can relate and brings a wealth of information and expertise to the table from her friends and connections in publishing. Marika has been a regular speaker in the book industry since the late 90s for organizations such as Digital Book World, Independent Book Publishing Associations, Publishing University, Book Expo America, and Writers League of Texas. And she's also a travel writer. That's what I wanted to be when I grew up. But uh, anyway, (laughs) thank you for being here, Marika. I really appreciate your time. My pleasure. Always fun to talk to you. Yeah. So I I gotta ask, like, how did you become a book publicist? So it's kind of funny. Um, I wrote an article about the answer to that question early in my career because I would get that question all the time. And, and it was funny because back in that, I mean, this is like late nineties, my extended family did not even understand what I did. Right. <laughs> they would always say, you know, so you're a book publisher. And I'm like, no, <laughs> not a publisher. And so, yeah, I actually, I was on a career path in college to go into TV. I wanted to be in front of the camera. I had done multiple internships when I was a senior in high school. I even Um, did a show on a little cable network called The Teen Report. And I just kind of like got bit by the TV bug. And so I was planning to go into TV. And throughout college, I did several internships related to that. And by the time I was leaving college, I knew that the reality was that if I was going to pursue that career, I was going to go live in a small market. I was going to work Thanksgiving and Christmas and every other holiday. And I, I thought, you know, I just don't know that that's for me. And so in one of the last internships I did at a TV station, we got to work alongside PR professionals. And I started kind of digging into what that was. And a month after I graduated from college, um, I was offered a job as a book publicist for a really small firm. And it was just, I knew that that was what I needed to do because I was a voracious reader growing up, um, it still am, and um, I knew that that was blending, you know, books and the literary side with getting people on media, which I also understood and valued, 
And so it was just kind of like a match made in heaven. And I was so blessed to, you know, land in that uh, small company because it was kind of like a sink or swim kind of thing. Like it was so small that, you know, there was no dead weight. It was like, oh, you just started, get on the phone. We used to call it smiling and dialing, get on the phone and start pitching. And that's what I did. And, you know, that was 97. And, you know, I was working underneath the owner and at one point it was just me and her, like a couple of people, um, had fallen by the wayside. It was just me and her. And I was learning everything from her. And it was just so valuable because it was, um, baptism by fire, you know? (laughs) And so I loved it. I mean, it was just a great fit for me. And I stayed there, um, quite a while, um, until she had sold that company. And, um, I, I had a, a great exit point because I, at that point in time had been running all the publisher campaigns. So there was a whole team that was working one-on-one with authors and I was running the publisher campaigns and I had had a couple of like really slam dunk, like best-selling situations And I just knew that's when I needed to leave. And so um, we started up, like you said, in the bio, PR by the book started in 2002. So we um, celebrate 20 years. Our official 20th birthday was last month. And, um, you know, just it's, I love it. It's, we've been so lucky to have such a strong team throughout these 20 years, people that just live and breathe this you know, this passion for getting authors in front of media outlets. And, uh, you know, there's never a dull day. I, I would not have done well in a job where it was like the same thing, like Groundhog Day, you know, every day. Right. And so it's great because, you know, you're constantly working with different authors. Um, every author has their own story to tell. You're constantly looking for those media opportunities, you know, that are a good fit for that particular author. And um, yeah, so that's a very long-winded answer. Uh, no, I love it because a couple of things, I mean, number one, I mean, what a great opportunity for mentorship. I know I've, I've been in a similar situation in my career and it's so invaluable when you basically are, you know, side by side with the, the owner running the show, like you learn so much. Mm-hmm. And obviously that was a huge, huge benefit for you to be able to, to, to be that in that capacity. And she is still to this day, a very dear person to me. And <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's moved um, to another state. I haven't seen her in, mm, I think I saw her about five years ago was the last time, but you know, she will always have a very special place in my heart because you know, she did, she mentored me and, you know, she was like, we're going to create you into a great publicist. And, um, I was just like wide eyed 22 year old at the time, you know, just graduated. And I told her, I said, I am a sponge. You can, you know, you could put me in any situation and you can teach me whatever you want. And I'm going to soak up that knowledge. And it just worked. I mean, we were a great partnership and she was not someone who wanted to be out in front, you know, um, speaking at conferences and things like that. And I did, I mean, I kind of grew up public speaking, 
Yeah. Um, and so I was like, put me there. I'll go. I love to travel. Right. Send me to Book Expo America, send me wherever you want. And so we were just the perfect pair because I, I like doing the things that she didn't like to do. And she was teaching me everything that she knows new, you know, and she's no longer in book publicity, but, um, yeah, I'm just, I will always have a very, very special place in my heart for her. The other thing, um, as you're talking about that occurred to me is it, it almost seems like the universe was leading you. Like you just, you followed your passion, right. Which is what Mm -hmm. they say, you know, like, Oh, okay. I want to do TV. And then all of a sudden, like you start to see the reality of it and you go, Oh, okay. Well, maybe, 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 maybe not. This isn't, you know, it, I mean, yeah. it was me practicing law. Like it was sounded sexy, <laughs> travel the world and stuff, but sitting at, in front of the computer, eight, 10, you know, 12 hours a day, pumping out legal documents. Well, not much fun, you know? And, and that's why I go, ah, yeah, I don't, I mean, my future dying at my desk. No, thank you. You know? Mm-hmm. And so you, you start to think about the reality of what that work is going to be. And for you to say, oh, I, but I like this over here and be able to have those pieces Mm-hmm. of things that you really enjoy and to be able to utilize it in a, a career, especially at that young of an age. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. just so unique. Yeah. And especially now, I mean, I, I know plenty of 25 year olds that are just lost and like, I don't even have a clue what I want to do. So to have that um, sort of divine guidance almost in mm-hmm. in your career is, is really fortunate for you. So my daughter turns 22 today and hearing you say that is like, wow, because like she is, she'll graduate college in May and, you know, she, she kind of knows what she wants to do, but she's kind of like the rest of us, you know, as a senior in college, like I go this path or I could go that path or, you know, and so, um, that also made me think about, um, a longtime friend of mine who I actually, uh, worked on her campaign. Uh, she was one of my clients at the previous firm um, in one of those big best-selling campaigns that I did. She and I are still very dear friends. I just got to see her when I was in Salt Lake City a few weeks ago, and she's launched a podcast. It's called That One Conversation, and it brought me back to those experiences in that first year of like, that one conversation that led me on this path or that path. And I think, you know, being open to, you know, what, what's the universe telling me, you know, and, and just trying to absorb those conversations that can be 25 years later, a momentous uh, conversation that sent you down this one road Um I was just telling my 15-year-old last night, um, one of my favorite quotes um, uh, is Robert Frost um, about, you know, uh, two two paths diverged in a wood. And I I took the one less traveled by and that has made all the difference. And we were having a conversation about that. And, you know, it just, I'm trying to teach him now at that age in high school like really think about the choices that you're making and what you want to do. He doesn't think he wants to go to college and that's going to be okay. Um, because there's a lot of things that he can do, but you know, my husband and I are really like trying to coach him through 
you know, being open to what, what's the universe telling you you should be doing? Right. Well, there's so many, there are so many options these days uh-huh. um, mm-hmm. for kids. So I don't envy yeah. those um, choices of no. having to, to, to really choose amongst all of the possibilities that are out there. Right. So um, I didn't hear in your story where Doug came into the picture. You know, it just all kind of happened very organically because you know, his, his forte is on the business side. And so when we decided that I was going to leave that other company and really at the time, it was kind of like, my vision was like, I'm, I'm, it's time for me to leave. I'm going to be a freelancer of sorts. And I knew that I could, you know, I was already having kids at that point. Um, and I knew that I could, sustain my career in that way. And he said, we're going to set this up as a business and we're going to do all these things and you're going to have a website and we're going to do all these, you know, put these pieces in place. It's going to be an LLC. And so he just kind of built it as Uh a business. So, you know, we are, um, we complement each other very well because his strengths are my weaknesses and vice versa. And so, you know, he just, he built it up. And I mean, everybody who is, you know, running a publicity firm or anything like that needs somebody running the business. For sure. (laughs) Because you can't do everything, nor do you want to. And so, yeah, we just started building it from there. And, um, you know, it immediately, immediately was a business because, when I left, I had several publishers come with me. And okay. so it immediately was more work that I could handle uh, on my gotcha. own. And, um, and so we immediately hired two part-time publicists, you know, right when I left and that just grew from there. Um, and I have, I have so many stories about that too, but I won't, <laughs> I won't bend your ear about all that. I'm just curious if he stayed in advertising for a while or did he, he kind of leave right away to help you run it or, or how. Um, let's see. He had left advertising and was working for his family's business um, okay. remotely. So the funny oh. thing is, is that we've been remote workers before anybody even yeah. considered that really. So um you know, I don't spend a whole lot of time really thinking about that too deeply, but he was a remote worker for his family's business by the year 2000. Wow. And nobody was doing that, you yeah. know, um, but they, they're not based in Austin. And so mm-hmm. he was working as a consultant for them on a mm-hmm. daily basis. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just all worked out that when you know, it was 2002 and we launched PR by the book. He was able to pull back on that commitment. Um, he had done a lot of work, like setting up a lot of systems. And, and so it was a good time for him to pull back on that commitment and just real you know. easy transition for him. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, it's a beautiful story and congratulations on 20 years. Wow. What a huge Thank milestone. You. Thank you. Very exciting. And uh, I know you're supposed to come here and celebrate, but uh, they are. I know I'll, I'm going to get way. there. <laughs> <laughs> We've got you in the books. We've got you in the books. I'm on my six month <laughs> countdown now. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And I know you like the beach because I was uh, I was stalking you on Facebook. I was like, oh, she likes the beach. Look at those love lovely pictures. <laughs> I'm such a beach girl. My husband is a mountain guy and I'm a beach girl. And so yeah, <laughs> we have to. 
<laughs> we have to kind of compromise been talking about how um when our youngest graduates three years from now, we can work from anywhere. Right. Um, you know, taking the claiming our dream life uh, mentality. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we have those conversations regularly now, like where would we want to be, you know, and a hundred percent of the time I have said, I need to be by the water. (laughs) I don't necessarily have to be on a beach because I don't know what I want to do with hurricanes, but um, I need to be near water. So, and you know, he wants to be near the mountains. So we're just. Well, there are places, actually, there's places in Mexico that uh, one of the gals I interviewed um, quite a while back now, they were living near Puerto Vallarta. And so they were actually up in the mountains and then would, but it was very close to the beach too, like drive Mm -hmm. down the mountains and Mm -hmm. there they were. So. It's certainly yeah. doable. So yes. find that, that out. Yeah. Well, I uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about um, kind of the reasons that that people write books. I mean, in my case, I I had thought about threatened to write a book for probably more than a decade, and I don't know if if that's common in the the writing world that that people sort of have this idea about writing a book and. And I'd even attempted it a couple of times. I had a uh, outline that I did years and years ago, and uh, it was about setting sail on a sea of change. And because I'd been through so many transitions in my life, and I don't know, things, you know, life got in the way. And and then I took a course when I got here to Mexico, and it was, oh, make a mind map. And so I got out a sketch pad, and I'm like drawing all this stuff around, and um, it was so complicated. It scared the crap out of me. I shut it and I never touched it for like years, literally. I was like, this isn't a book. This is like a set of encyclopedias. <laughs> so going through that. You are an attorney in your previous life. So. Right. Right. Yeah, I know. And as my husband says, I have a very busy mind. So, um, but you know, it was sort of funny. Um, I, as I've gotten older and, and, you know, had several different types of businesses and been a business attorney, what I've really come to learn about myself is I love systems. Like give me a system and I am off to the races. If, if I have to sit in front of, if like, if I would have had to sit in front of a blank page and, and write a book with nothing, like, I mean, forget about it. Same. And actually I'm pretty artistic when it, when I paint, but I paint murals, I paint pictures of things I see. If I had a you know blank canvas to paint, I think I would not do very well with that. I had to come up with it on my own. But having a system, and that's you know kind of really what I followed um, as I wrote my book. But um, what are your thoughts about that? I mean, in that whole book writing process. Mm-hmm. So a book is oftentimes like a baby for people, and the gestation period is a lot longer than nine months. So, you know, like you said, 10 years, I mean, I, that is not uncommon for me to hear those stories when I'm talking to authors of, you know, I worked on this for 20 years, or this was, you know, percolating for 15 years in my mind. And, um, so that is not uncommon. Um, you know, why do people write books? A variety of reasons. Um, so anything from they want to credential themselves um, to, um, they want to build their business. So they want, you know, their outreach to be, to be bigger. Um, 
they want to utilize it to get in front of media like we do with publicity so that they can build their brand. And that might be um, building their social media platforms, building their newsletter list, whatever. Um, they might um, they might start out self-publishing a book so that they can um, use that as a foundation to try to get an agent or a publisher down the road. So there's a really wide variety of um, reasons. Oh, and to build their speaking career. That's another mm -hmm. popular one. Um, so there's a lot of different reasons that people write a book and some it's 10 years, some I, I'm amazed. Sometimes I hear authors say that, you know, they wrote a book in a month during the pandemic. Right. Um, so you just never know, but yeah, I mean, oftentimes it's a bucket list item. Mm -hmm. I was just going to ask about that, the, the legacy piece of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they might have set it uh, on their bucket list and it's just one of those things that they will like kill themselves to get done because they are going to check that box, you know, and I'm sure that Morgan James works with a lot of authors that are in that category that just, mm -hmm. you know, they, they knew they had a story to tell and they were going to do whatever it took. Um, and, you know, it's not easy to publish a book and it's not easy to promote a book. Um, you know, people started asking me once I had gotten into this job, I was only, you know, like a baby book publicist, like a year into it saying, oh, when are you going to write a book? And I was always saying, no, not my jam. You know, I like to write, but I like to write things like articles and press releases. Right. right. <laughs> and and not a 300 page book. Um, but yeah, it's not an easy thing. And oftentimes people think that it's easier than it is. And so they get into it. And then they get down the road and they're at whatever step, maybe they've, maybe they've completely written it and they've even gotten their publishing plan and a pub date. And then they start to realize all that, all that they still have to do to promote it, to market it. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't sign up for this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I always encourage authors to, and we talk about this in our author to influencer accelerator program. But we encourage authors to think about publicity when they're writing the book, when they, or even before, maybe they're at the outline stage and, you know, it start to think about it and think about those pieces. I mean, your book was so fun to promote because there's just so many different legs that you can stand on for publicity, um, but start to think about you know, what are those media hooks and angles that I'm going to use? Because it's going to get here soon. Like you think, oh, promotion is way down that, that train track, but it comes fast. Amen, and, sister. Yes. <laughs> <That sure does. laughs> and, and it's a long game, right? I mean, yeah. you've, you've been at it for a while now and you will continue to, to continue to promote the book and it will continue to sell because you're doing that. So, um, you know, I, I just encourage authors, like, think about those media hooks and angles that you're going to use and what your strategy is going to be when you're just at that outline stage. And then you can develop them. They can get richer and richer as you go through the process, writing the book, working with whoever your publisher is going to be. We'll be back in a moment. 
Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castellito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. I'm so happy to have you with me for the Life in Paradise podcast. I love our listeners and fans and we'd love to show our appreciation for you supporting the show. So please head over to lifeinparadisepodcast.com where you can find free resources mentioned in the show and also register for our gifts, prizes, and swag. I'd also love to hear from you. So there's a place on that page to submit your questions, comments, and requests so I can serve you better. And if I answer your question on the show, we'll send you a free gift. I guess we should probably tell people, um, because a lot of people do not understand this. There are three categories of publishing now. So there is traditional hybrid and self-publishing, and they're all very different and they all have benefits and they all have disadvantages. But, you know, I, I talk to authors all the time and they've never heard these terms. They don't know what any of it means. Um, and they don't know what they're in for. So an example would be like, if somebody comes to me and they say, oh yeah, I'm going to self-publish. I start asking questions. Oh, okay. So, um, are you, uh, do you have an editor already? Who are you going to use for a book cover? Do you understand layout design? Um, uh, I'm assuming that sales and distribution are, are going to be all on you. So, you know, have you, do you know how to get an ISBN? I mean, it's just oh, like, yeah, yeah. I can start asking all these questions. And by the time they're like, wait, you're the headlights, right? <laughs> I didn't realize this. And so, you know, it's just good for people to educate themselves on, you know, depending on what path you're going to take for publishing. And of course, the one that takes the longest is the traditional because you uh, you're starting way, way, way ahead of time to land an agent, um, which is then going to sell it to the publisher. And then once it's sold to the publisher, it still might be a good 18 months before oh, it's yeah. coming out. And so there's just a lot of things that people don't know going into, you know, the, I'm going to write a book. Um, yeah. bucket list well, and one example for me was uh, who knew there were seasons for books, mm. mm-hmm. <laughs> right? That was one of yeah. the conversations we had early on. Like what season should this book be released? And I'm like, what? There's a season for books? Oh yeah. We could talk about that uh, for several more hours, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in traditional publishing, you know, uh, fall and spring are the big seasonal times for book publishing. So spring is March, April and fall is September, October. Um, and that doesn't mean that 100% of their books are coming out in those four months, um, but those are the big seasons where they're releasing a lot of books and the timing is all mapped out. 
Um, you know, the typical pub day of the week is a Tuesday and it has to do with sales and, um, you know, there's just like all these little things. And I love talking to people about, um, like let if there, if I come into the game early enough in the process, I love talking about like, what is your perfect pub month? Mm-hmm. Because we're as publicists, we're thinking about timely tie-ins sure. all the time. And that is, that's kind of a secret weapon with publicity is what are the timely tie-ins? And, um, you know, Don, for your book, um, it's year round, it's seasonal. I mean, it's an evergreen book. And so it's super fun to come up with a whole 12 months of timely tie-ins, you know, for claim your dream life or a book that has, um, an evergreen approach like that. But, um, sometimes there's, there's like that perfect month that a book should come out and an author might not realize it. And they might not be thinking about that. They might just be thinking, well, I'm going to finish it. And as soon as it gets through the process, then that's the perfect time. Right. It's like, well, not necessarily, you know, and don't get me started on books that come out between mid-November and New Year's Day. That's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> Not a good time, take it. Not a good time for a pub date, you know, unless unless yeah. you're putting all those eggs in that gift book basket. Right. Know? Right. But I'm talking from a publicist perspective and not sure. the publisher perspective. So Publishers have other reasons, you know, of why they might want to bring out a book on December 6th. (laughs) Well, and again, you know, it goes kind of go back to what your purpose is. I mean, if it's just a calling card and you just want to have it as an extra asset in your business, you don't really care about selling a book, that might not matter, right? If it's a a legacy book, I just, you know, I want to leave a legacy and, and, you know, publish my memoirs or my life lessons or what have you. Maybe it doesn't matter that much, but it was funny. It goes back to the original workshop that, that my girlfriend told me about. Uh, she said, Oh, I got this great, uh, write a, write a book in a weekend, um, uh, <laughs> workshop that I did. I said, Oh man, I've been wanting to write a book in decades. If I could write one in a weekend, like that'd be cool. Right. And so, but what I didn't realize when I signed up for the workshop until after I got the homework was it wasn't just write a book in a weekend. It was write a book that sells. (laughs) And so, but as it turned out, it was a good thing because my idea, I was like, okay, well, I've had this podcast for a while. I'm just going to make an anthology of all these wonderful stories that people have shared with me and I'll organize them according to lessons or, you know, things to, to look out for, whatever inspiration. And then when I got the homework, it was like, no, 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 you have to teach something. Like there, we have a very specific formula. It's tried and true. And we know if you're in the self-help space, right? That these are the things you need to hit and uh, all that. And so I started um, looking at the homework and I said, well, wait a second, this is my workshop. And the the good news was the book kind of wrote itself because I had all of the elements Mm -hmm. in place that they had recommended be Mm -hmm. in a book that sells. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, my thought process was, well, yeah, I guess if I'm going to publish a book, I can, I like it to sell, you know, Um, (laughs) that'd be nice. (laughs) I got all this work because I knew it was, there was a lot of work in it. Mm -hmm. Didn't do it right. That's probably why I did. 
hadn't done it for 10 years, right? Um, but part of me, in, you know, intuitively knew that like, this is kind of a big deal, girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And and yeah. so um, to be able to do that. And then um, as we discussed in the uh, previous episode uh, with Michael Neely about starting a podcast, how big of a deal is it for you to already have sort of your sphere of influence of following in order to help with getting the word out? It definitely helps. Um, The more credibility that you bring to the table when you're ready to promote your book, the easier the climb up the mountain, because it's always going to be a climb and it's just an easier one. Um, If you have that credibility built already, because if you think about it, um, books are coming out every day of the year. And so the competition is fierce and there's a lot of people trying to get that same airtime, that same, um, that same sidebar in a magazine or book review space. I mean, there's a lot of competition. So if you're coming in, in promoting, trying to, uh, promote a book on, um, family relationships, for instance, the media outlet's going to say, what's her credentials? Is she a psychologist, a psychiatrist? You know, what is her, what is, what is her credibility? And, you know, sometimes it's just, well, she has a personal story to tell and, you know, she's experienced this, like the school of hard knocks, basically. And, you know, and that's the case for some of our, our pitches that we're pitching to media outlets and we land the media, but the more you can come with that platform, the following, the, uh, because when they see your social media following, they're thinking, okay, if Dawn is on my show, I know she's going to be sharing it on all of her social media platforms. So then that's putting our show in front of her audience. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, and it just, it, it makes, it makes it a lot easier if you've got, um, you know, you, you've got that, uh, street cred built up, you know, already, um, when you're pushing to get on media. Yeah. And, uh, I was actually on our, our author mastermind with Morgan James yesterday. He, there was a gal on there who just basically just had an idea like the last week for a book. She's already uh, published a book, but she had another idea for a book had to do with helping her mom with who has like the stuff, right. Getting rid of the stuff and all that. So she had some ideas about that. And uh, David was pretty funny. He said, well, you've already uh, followed the first rule of book book publishing, which is start promoting the book when it's just an idea. (laughs) kick out of that right you just promoted it to all of us and Mm -hmm. and, uh, so we'll be uh headed to this mastermind event we maybe can help her flesh out some of the the Mm -hmm. uh, nuances of it um and which you know what's funny is that since she said that to you you're going to come across it's that reticular activation so you're going to come across all these scenarios and you're going to think about her so and so let's say bonnie yeah Oh, Bonnie's book about, you know, hoarding or whatever. Um, I need to tell her that she should go and do that or she needs yes. to do this. And so you just never know putting it in front of someone's brain. Yeah. And then they start thinking about, oh, well, I that happens with me all the time because 
I'm reviewing books all the time and then I'll be somewhere and I'll be having a conversation with a friend or someone else. And I tell them, oh, you know what book you need to read? Right? <laughs> They're always like, Marika's always pushing books on us. And I'm like, you need to get a copy of Claim Your Dream Life so that you can find your place in paradise and buy it and go move there. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think that I hadn't thought about it from that angle, but you're absolutely right. Um, because just by speaking it and, you know, it, it, there's power in, in speaking, right? So, so just by her speaking it to all of us, um, I hadn't thought about that sort of um, web effect, right, mm-hmm. of uh, those, that energy going yeah. out to all of us and being a great resource. So a good reason not to to not keep it quiet. Right. And, and to, right. to kind, of, kind of let people know. Um, as long as they don't poo-poo-poo it, you know, you don't want, uh, oh, yeah, you're never going to be an author. You know, you don't want the the naysayers. So I guess there's always a risk of that. But I think people are more scared about getting their ideas poached. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I think that, um, you know, just because it's so easy for people to publish if they're going the self-publishing route these days that I think people are like holding those things close to their chest because they don't want somebody to take that and run with it. You know, it's interesting to me because I don't write a proposal for any book that I haven't read chapters of. And I tell people, if somebody's giving you a proposal and they haven't read any of your book, run the other way. Yeah. But I have people that are, you know, I can tell like they're, they're like, Oh, I, you know, maybe they're early on in the process and they're like, oh, I'm sending um, an electronic copy. And I always tell people, first and foremost, it does not leave our little company. We are utilizing it for the purpose of coming up with a publicity plan for you and, and making sure that we're a good fit, first and foremost. So, you know, I need to know, I need to know the content, I need to know the writing style. And I tell people sometimes, it's okay if you just want to send three to five chapters. Sure. I might request more, but it's fine to send three to five. But anyway, I just, I still have every once in a while, I have somebody who I can tell they're scared to let their initial chapters go out into the world because <laughs> they're like, what's going to happen with it? Like, well, yeah. and I can't help but wonder too, if, if maybe it's not even about the book, like, oh my gosh, am I, am I, it's like sort of hitting the send button on the email, like, right. Once it's out there, like it's out there, like you're not, you're yeah. not going to recall it and go, well, right. maybe, well, well, right. So maybe it's, there's a, just a little yeah. bit of fear on that um, side of it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. Well, I know you're super busy. I don't want to keep you for too long, but um, I'm just wondering, I always like to end my interviews with this question. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to share with somebody who might be thinking about a, a book in their future? Yes, because, you know, we, you and I, Don talked before the interview that, you know, people need a roadmap and they need a, um, like a concierge of sorts in this situation. So that's why a couple of years ago, we launched the author to influencer accelerator, which you've been a part of. And, um, this is basically, I, I oftentimes will refer to it as my nonprofit because it was kind of like my giving back to this industry after 20 plus years. And so it's basically a membership program. We make it super low cost, 
um, for authors to be in it. And it's meant to be massive high value for what they're paying for. But it basically takes someone on a five-step path. It starts with preparation, and then it goes into platform development, product, um, planning, and promotion. So um, again, like it's just meant to be a super high value resource for authors. And I just encourage anybody that's thinking about a book or has a book and doesn't know what to do with it, or, you know, maybe you have had a book out for a while and you're just, you know, in your heart that there's still more that you can do. It's, there's workshops in there for everybody. Um, There's almost 70 workshops in there on all different topics. And then also the members are in our private Facebook group where um, we're in there all the time sharing tips and suggestions. And there's a monthly office hours with me. Um, And so, yeah, that's just like my little gift to. It is uh, Marika. It is, it is so well done. Um, I mean that at the end of the day, that's why I decided to hire you too, is because I could just see, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need this woman in my world, right? (laughs) Um, Because you just really poured into that so much experience and and the guests that you brought on to explain um, different things. I just got so much out of it. And you do go into depth, in depth about that, what you were talking about, the difference between publishing, self-publishing versus having hybrid versus and kind of the pros and cons of each. And so I think that uh, is an important educational piece um, getting into it. I was fortunate I had kind of already gotten that, um, you know, under my belt by the time I got in there. But Mm -hmm. I, that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you as part of the series, because I thought, oh gosh, it would have been really cool to have gotten that in the very beginning um, to be even better at planning and understanding the process as it unfolded, especially as a first-time author and and uh, not really knowing uh, anything about the industry, uh, right? Publishing, right. even though I was a I'm a voracious reader too. So, but yes. that doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you know the other side of it. Well, I will um, make sure that we put the uh, links in the show notes for that, and then. Um, did you want to uh, talk about the other item, the yes. gift that you and have? So, yes. So um, my favorite thing to talk about in terms of publicity are timely tie-ins. And so um, as publicists, we're constantly looking down the road of what's coming out that we can tie in to promote ourselves with. And so we're creating a three-month calendar of timely tie-ins. And you don't have to be an author to utilize these. These are kind of the silver bullet, especially um, not only to pitch media, but also to utilize on your social media platforms. And so we're going to do the research for you. And we're going to develop January through March for 2023. And keep in mind, they do rotate dates, the the date of, um, you know, National Authors Day is not the exact same date the next year. So you have to kind of keep up with that. But we're preparing that as a special gift. And um, it's just it's golden. And it's something that you can use both as a springboard to keep yourself going throughout the year because you you see it and you get it and then you know how to look for those opportunities yourself. Um, and then also once if you just have that one quarter, you can utilize that when it comes back around the next year as well. 
Right. It's a yeah. Gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, and you give so much. You really do. I, it's it's um, so clear that you just are so passionate about the work that you do and um, working with folks to get their message out. So I'm really grateful that I was introduced to you. And, and me uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate you. your uh, your friendship and also some of the connections uh, that you've made um, to help me with the on my journey. So with that, I will let you go. And again, I just thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure. We could talk all day. We could. Yeah, (laughs) we will in six months. (laughs) Excellent. I so look forward to meeting you in person. Yes, me too. Thanks for tuning in to the Life in Paradise podcast. Did you love this episode? If so, we'd love for you to follow, rate, and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We invite you to tune in every week for more inspired insights and wisdom to create your somebody pinch me reality. And until next time, dream big and act on it daily.